0: Greetings, nerds. This is The Nerd. I'm your host Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our mystery producer, Will Paul. How are you doing tonight,
1: Will? Doing very well, Sarah. Happy Monday. Happy Diwali.
0: So weird. So yeah. strange to be recording on a Monday.
1: It is. It's been I, a while.
0: Usually, the podcast recording is what I is an event where I'm like, okay, it's later in the week when we're <laughs> working <we're> something. Yeah. <taking laughs> the <with> it. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel like Monday. Um, But then again, it's definitely Monday because we got our last episode of House of Dragon last night, we, um, we had a blockbuster opening weekend occur, and a few other things happen, um within the two weeks that we last recorded, so we have some stuff to talk about tonight for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's quite a few things to happen where I was joking before we got started how we went from like... Maybe one or two news items to all of a sudden, like, I think they have six bullets here now. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, I mean, yeah. really the only news item was Creed 3 trailer. Yeah. Because that dropped. And and I'm sorry, okay, where have people been? I have said, <laughs> <since> <laughs> Comic-Con. Like, yeah. I have, I, like, I saw one interview with Jonathan Majors on a couch next to Paul Rudd and that it's it's like vert it's visually scarred in my mind what this looks like the size ratio mm-hmm. difference like i don't need jonathan majors to have his shirt off although i like it very much when it's off but i don't need it to know that the man is freaking jacked and huge like he's yeah. he is a beast um yes. and i say that with the utmost re- respect no um, no but brother, yeah, brother swole. <laughs> yeah, all have been sleeping, but it just took this trailer. Which, and and the sad thing is, this is Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut. But all <laughs> we can talk about is Jonathan Majors.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the trailer was really good. I mean, I, you know, whenever, you know, given that we, this is a spinoff of the Rocky franchise, and you know, people were wondering, like, okay, is it going to parallel the Rocky track? Where, you know, in in the third film, are we going to have an updated version of Cleverling? And uh-huh. and so, but it looks like here it really it's going to be an original story. And and Stallone is actually not involved with this project. And I know, right. you know, you know, Stallone has recently grumbled about uh, how he felt felt screwed out of some of the royalties and other things from from rocky uh from the studio and and others but getting back to creed uh yeah this story basically looks like where you know jonathan majors is playing a childhood friend uh badonis and
2: yeah.
1: and gets in trouble and goes off to prison and he comes back out and this, you know and of course Honest is going to try to help him out. And then of course it sets off the whole collision course because apparently uh Jonathan Major's character is like a boxing prodigy. So it, it just it just seems like it's going to be a, a very explosive, very strong story. And I'm, you know, I know it releases on March the 3rd. So uh yeah, can't can't wait for it. I was actually trying to like rewatch Treat Creed this weekend, but then it's like all you know it's it's interestingly enough you got to rent it still and no no streaming service has it included in their like basic package or so
2: weird weird yeah
0: um i so i'm gonna say something controversial i actually don't think that this is a great trailer because it gives away pretty much five or six or ten of the story beats
1: (laughs) yeah well a lot of them do that
0: that. so much um and, um, I, so I already feel like I've seen the movie, yeah. um, to me, it doesn't parallel Rocky three, like you said it, but there are some aspects where I'm like, Oh, they're leaning into Rocky four.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> leaning a bit
0: hard. They're like, I know this isn't, they're not making it like Russia versus the U S or a political statement or anything, but yeah. they're doing something else. Um, the parallels there, um, yeah, I just I think that in a, from a perspective of wanting people to be like I want to go see this movie now it did a good job that's what mm-hmm. it really should do. Yeah. But from a perspective of a viewer like me who loves going into movies blind um I think it told way too much um And it didn't need to be as long as it needed. And and I think a good comparison is the other trailer that just dropped today that also features Mm. John Majors, but Ant Man Three, where I think with Ant Man Three, they are holding back so much. And thank the Lord. Because there there are probably so many plot points that like if this was a movie that they just wanted to make a shitload of cash, or or if they if it was a DC property, they probably would have had like a two minute trailer, probably showing you clips from the beginning, middle, and end, out of order, gave you more Jonathan Majors. Um, but no, they they held back. And from what I understand, this is not the same trailer that was shown right. in Comic Con.
1: Correct. Yep. Or D or even D twenty three. Yeah.
0: Right. Right. So, so it is a very interesting campaign. And I think why they are holding back is because this is kicking off the next phase mm-hmm. and they, they want us to be surprised. They know we're a sucker. Yeah. We're a sucker for MC. They know they have, so they don't have to tell us everything. No. Um. And man, they better not spoil too much of Jonathan Majors because he, like, just this teeth, like him just standing there and talking, it just brought me back and made me want to watch the season finale of Loki again. Yeah. Um, because he, he, like, t- I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it, he's already surpassed Thanos for me.
1: <laughs> really?
0: He's so, there is something so interesting about him. I love it when the villain, like, walks this fine line. And maybe I, I probably wouldn't have said it like that um if I hadn't already watched Endgame. Because by yeah. Endgame, like, Thanos is done away with, right? Right. But there's just something, like, he, again, like, physically we know Jonathan Majors, like, can probably kill a guy in a boxing ring. Um, but... There is something very interesting about how smart he is, mm-hmm. like the calculation and the manipulation. It's on the level of Loki. So you basically, you put Loki in Hulk's, well, Hulk or Thor's body. I find Kang to be very fascinating. And granted, we haven't started his whole plot line, or we have, but we haven't. Right. Right. I don't know. I'm I'm now rambling. So save me, Will. What were your thoughts on the Ant Man three trailer?
1: I really really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, it was um, to your point about not giving away too much. It it did what it needed to do in the sense that it set up how we are getting into the quantum realm. In that Cassie's messing with things that she should be messing with. <laughs> yeah. And 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 it sets everything in motion. And then when we get in, you know, but, but also I just remember how much I just adore Paul Rudd. And and why I think, why the Ant-Man films have worked. And also as we've gotten uh, with with Avengers Endgame and, why Scott Lang is just a fun character to follow whenever you, you know, cause he truly he really is like the regular guy who just happened to like fall into a super suit. <laughs> so, uh, so there's that every man appeal to him. And, and so, you know, so it was refreshing to see that in the trailer, but also I think the story seems like it's going to be a bit darker
2: mm-hmm. than
1: some of the, than the previous two Ant-Man films. I mean, I think there'll still be the, you know, Peyton Reed is still going to have the funny elements of it. It's just, you know, I mean, that's part of the part stock and trade of, of Ant-Man and how he's directed these films in the past. But I think it's it seems that this kick in that it is sort of the kickoff film for the next phase, and you have, as you well put, about how Kang is going to be the villain and how they introduced him uh it definitely is going to have i think a a darker edge to it not like not thor dark world edge darkness but definitely more so than what we what we've been used to in ant-man film so i i'm really really looking forward to it because i think other than you know obviously we got black panther wakanda forever coming up uh in a few weeks but Mm -hmm. you know Overall, I think you and I both talked about this. Phase four has been kind of disappointing on the theatrical side with the exception of Spider-Man, and even that was kind of end of like, you know, I guess, it, I guess it was phase four, but it just feels detached from the rest of phase four because, you know, Shang-Chi had some good moments, but overall theatrically, it's been kind of lackluster compared to right. what we what we had uh, prior to it. So, uh, So I think this is a I'm real gonna you know, you obviously the jury's still out with Black Panther 2. I'm I'm sure it's gonna be great. But um I think moving into the next phase, we will get back to that three, you know, at phase three level uh types of films that we've gotten kind of used to. Maybe. I'm Maybe. hoping. I, but I, then again, yeah. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I mean it could just be that we're just, you know. We really are getting saturated with this content to the place where it's like, maybe maybe they do need to, like, let the foot off the accelerator a little bit and let some space happen between the TV properties and film properties, because maybe it's just getting to be too much.
0: Right, right. Or it's just the level of saturation we're not familiar with, where, in a way, we feel like we have to watch everything, but we honestly (laughs) don't. I mean, yeah. some of these characters you're gonna like more than others. Some of these mm-hmm. stories you're gonna like more. Now to understand the whole tapestry, maybe. But um, yeah, like but, if.
1: But you're you're right because I mean I felt like I needed to watch What If, and then when we got around to multi, Multiverse of Madness, I was like, I really didn't didn't really need <laughs> didn't really need to have to watch it because yeah. they just it was disconnected from everything that happened in what if as far honestly, as honestly
0: it, it yeah. kind of uh I, I wouldn't say it ruined but it tainted our viewing experience of multiverse of madness because if you know the what if dr strange episode then mm-hmm. that's what that's what we wanted multiverse of madness to be
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it wasn't <laughs> yeah so
0: it wasn't so I think maybe it's more when you're playing in these tv shows with familiar characters it's harder than to go and see them on the bigger screen Mm -hmm. um but it also like i will admit up until that what if what if episode i had no interest in dr strange (laughs) like there there's all sorts of things um but but we'll see anyways um we have a bunch to talk about so i'm kind of like moving along here um even though i like i'm going from something that i love to talk about which is the mcu to something that will likes to like force me to talk about Uh um which would be dc so with dc um the Flash Season 9, which is currently in production, final season. I still haven't watched pretty much any of Season 8, um, but they are have sh- released photos that show Javisha Lez- Leslie is back, not as Batwoman per se, but she will be playing the role of Red Death. So who is Red Death, Will?
1: Yeah, so in the comics, Red Death is, a, uh, is the Earth-52 Batman who uh, had a bunch of... Robins as a sidekick like multiple other Batmans on other multiverses had but um over time uh his Robins kept getting killed and Bruce Wayne on that earth basically just got went into a murderous rampage and started collecting other people's powers including that version that Earth's flash and um merged with Barry Allen and uh in the process of doing so got corrupted with the speed force and uh basically became a became a villain it was the, the it was the whole like death metal run in the um uh dc comics a few years ago i i read some of it wasn't really enamored with it so i, I didn't really follow it too closely but uh but looks like of course fast forward to the eraverse and they are adapting instead of it being bruce they're going to have it as ryan and looks like she's going to be the red death and i know if, i want to say they teased it some um last season or 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 yeah during the um during the uh, armageddon if i recall uh mm-hmm. with um whenever they fast forwarded to uh i think episode four of season eight where they were in the future and Thon had married iris and and um and all but uh so yeah that's that's the uh yeah so there was a you know paparazzi candidographs, who, who who always is like posting like behind the scenes photos uh posted some late last week of uh javicia on set in the red death costume so uh that's a little bit of uh season nine spoilers coming uh for folks who want to have it <laughs>
0: Uh, speaking about Wanting things Or folks wanting things um, Black Adam had a big opening weekend
1: Yeah it did
0: <laughs> Which I kind of knew it would I was actually even going to Tempted to go get um, Go watch it Get it out of the way But um, but then um snow <laughs> happened and life happened so i i didn't make it out there um which and and i started seeing the instant reactions of like this movie sucks but now on rotten tomatoes um the audience score is 90% yeah. um yeah um
1: yeah
0: I, i'm glad people are having fun with the movie
1: yeah yeah i mean not everything has to be like earth shattering you know sometimes it's sometimes it's just fun to have us the popcorn film and I, you know we both know that it's a popcorn film and and um uh, you know we'll, we'll get to it but uh yeah it did it did well I mean, it, it uh i think it had it surpassed shazam and almost passed aquaman as the highest uh domestic opening for uh dce film uh 67 million domestic and it was the rock's highest grossing film which I mean hats off to him. I mean he's been passion project for him for what 10 years or whatever. So um it you know it, it did well and it made 140 million globe, you know globally. So um so it's it's doing well. It's still it will cost 195 million to make, so you know, it'll probably at least break even this upcoming weekend and um and we'll we'll see where see where it goes from there.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um Probably part of the reason why people went to go see it, though, is because of the rumor and the speculation and the Easter egg that turned out to actually be true. But, um, spoiler alert, Henry Cavill actually does show up at the very, very end of Black Adam, and it's been announced today, I think, that he is officially returning to the DCEU as Superman. So we're going to get that movie probably in five to ten years.
1: Yeah, at the earliest, 2025. But yeah, Henry dropped it on his uh, Instagram today. Uh, Actually, he released it himself that he was back. And he is back as Superman. And um, yeah, and it was very interesting. Just a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that was going on. I think it's apparently it had been in the works for a while as far as this announcement. But um, I think Superman was going to appear apparently in the film. But at first, it was just going to be like the shazam version where it's just like from the the neck down uh but uh i guess the rock flexed and was able to get henry in the film and and the rest is is history so uh, he is back and we'll be doing multiple films so we'll see man of Steel to like i said probably at the earliest 2025. that's best yeah. case yeah because i mean the best case probably a little bit later
0: I'm going to be so old and so will Henry Cavill by that point.
1: <laughs> Forever young, my friend. Uh,
0: and then Ben Affleck will be Batman and he'll just be rolling around in bat suit like with a walker. Yeah. <laughs> man.
1: Yeah.
0: But I guess the people really wanted this old yeah. man Superman with old man yeah. Batman.
1: <laughs> well, you know, yeah, well, you know, it's after all the, like, hits DC has been taking lately, I'm sure they're happy to get whatever wins they can get.
0: Oh, my God. I just thought about that, tri- that movie that came out, like, in the t- 2000s. I think it was called Wild Hogs. And, like, all of these older, Morgan Freeman definitely was in this. I'm pretty yeah. sure. I'm about 80% sure. But it was like they were a biker gang. But they were all old actors, Mm. Um, famous actors, too. So basically what you're telling me is the DCU is going the Wild Hogs route. And we're going to have old man (laughs) bats, old man soups. Gal Gadot doesn't age, so she'll be fine. Yep. Um,
1: Old man Aquaman. Chris
0: Pine will probably make an appearance, though, if Wonder Woman's around, like in the most unorthodox thing They'll <laughs> definitely yeah. have him appear and he'll probably be cruising around and something. We're definitely not gonna have Ezra Miller, thank God. No. Um and and Jason Momoa also does an old old so you know 50-50 Okay. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll make peace with it. Um <laughs> I'm so so fun fun story. I didn't do this intentionally guys. I really didn't my mind I've had a wild day. But I inadvertently started watching kind of funny review Black Adam. Huh. Oh, my God. Greg Miller goes off on a tangent. And then I'm like, okay, I need to stop. because <laughs> but this is hilarious. <laughs> oh,
2: man.
1: You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I you know, it's so I, I I laugh every time you like rag on DC because I know you it's like the, the, it's a love love relationship, even though you try to make it a love hate. <laughs> you hate watch it, but I know you love it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, like I am okay. Well this is like more of a post show thing. So we're gonna move along. Um, the last yeah. bit of news. Okay, I'm going to try to say this. Um, a new Star Wars film is in the works with Damon Lindelof, co-writing the script and filmmaker Obad Obaid Chinoy from Miss Marvel Directing. Sources have confirmed from Hollywood Reporter and Denlight. So this is another thing we're not going to get into like 2025, if ever, because nine okay. times out of ten, Star Wars will pull what DC pulls and announce 25 Star Wars projects, and we only get maybe five of them.
1: Yeah, I did. There was a little bit of extra to that. Um, so apparently, there was a like writer's secret writers' room with Linda and um, another uh, person, Justin Britt Gibson, who uh, has also uh, and and apparently Dave Filoni was also part of this writers' room, and they are hammering out a script that for something that should it's a standalone film that it that is going to take place after the rise of Skywalker, but doesn't involve doesn't involve the skywalkers so we'll see like you said we've you know we got announcements before and we saw we're still waiting for that road squadron release date right well actually it's been put on the shelf sorry
0: (laughs) i I was gonna say
1: (laughs) so yeah yeah so we'll see it well yeah we'll see what happens there i mean i think they're just going to continue to probably Do the TV thing as long as they can until they have something they know it's going to work. So we'll see.
0: Yeah. Oh, these are really, you know, I have to say, one thing we've not talked about when it comes to House of Dragon is the titles of the episodes Mm -hmm. are always so on point. Yep. I mean, the last two episodes are the first one is called The Green Council, and then the last episode is called The Black Queen. Like, perfect. Just, just admirable. Um, so we've we've come to an end with this beloved show.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, season and season one ended with Viserys' death. Okay, what we have got for the last two weeks? I've been really thinking about this. Will mm-hmm. we have gotten part one and part two of an epilogue mm. for season one? Mm-hmm. Because like, see that episode with Viserys. Viserys' last episode was just like it. There was so much, and I know not a lot of action, but mentally, a lot of stuff was happening, a lot of things were being tied up. And we knew the moment that that man would take his last breath, like the game was about to change, and it did. Yeah. Um, and it's and it both episodes had this very Un- unsettling um, tone.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, it was very for- foreboding. Mm-hmm. And I think why a lot of viewers, from what I understand at least, in my own opinion as well, leans towards this being like a bit critical of both of these episodes is just because okay, like we're not going to get this show for another year or longer. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see some deaths like I was (laughs) prepared I trust me well I was fully prepared for to go into especially this last episode Renera dies (laughs) Mm. I'm I am fully prepared for that happening sooner rather than later there's just something about her where I'm like you're not gonna make it long um so because of that I was also not expecting the one death that did happen Mm. um in the episode and or episodes because I think this is between the two of them really the one death that does occur, the one big death. Um and it makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah.
0: Um because you have both of these queens, emphasis on queens, um, between Alyssa and Renera, who very quickly realize their power and um and how how whoever strikes first like they're going to be more in the wrong than mm-hmm. if you just did if you just wait but unfortunately Renera had to basically sacrifice his son <laughs> to start the <Yeah>. war <laughs> like,
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah i i will the i was one thing about Allison in the first um in the ninth episode uh, the green council um i like go back and forth on her so much which i know the writers want me to do mm-hmm. but i can defend her when she's logically playing this game but the fact that her first move after finding out that viserys is dead is to go tell her father like i'm like girl Wake the heck up.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and then, and then, and Olivia Cook played the part beautifully, but then she was so shocked when everybody in the council revealed that they've been plotting how to get rid of Rhaenyra since day one. Like, mm-hmm. Allison, wh- what have you been doing? I mean, you're, you're showing off your feet, but come on, girl, like get your head in the game. And she kind of does, but. Man, she, she put her, she's putting glad, all of her chips on the wrong son.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up about Allison because especially with episode nine, because when you were, when you were talking about that, I had even made it in my notes um, about the use of power.
2: Yeah.
1: And, and, and Renice, whatever, well, a couple things they, they, there were some things she did right, like you noted, but there were also some things she did wrong, one of which was uh, allowing a potentially powerful ally in Reice get to get lopped away right uh because you know because at that you know given that um there was already you know issues there with how you know everybody thought that. Renara and Damon had killed her son. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was an opening there that she could have exploited, or 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 Otto could have exploited to fully bring House Valerian into the fold with Hightower. Mm-hmm. So she misplayed that. But then bigger thing to me is how the speech that Renice gives to, to Alicent about have you ever thought about seizing the throne yourself right and and the realization that either Alicent either one of two things that it happened either one she didn't think about it at all because it's just the the mores of the time in, in Westeros and the, the architecture of that society being such such a patriarchal society didn't even cross her mind that you know i could actually seize the throne for myself or the other thought could be that she see she sees and saw the how hard it is just to get people to even buy into the fact that Renera could be the ruler of there in king's landing so even though she did think about it, she was just like, "No one will ever see me as a legitimate queen because of reasons." <laughs> and so, right. but I thought, you know, but I really thought that was the one. As far as because for me, for me, I have to say these two episodes. You know, even a message you like about this last night. I'm glad that we're actually talking about them together because you're right; they are like an epilogue to season one.
2: Yeah.
1: And and I mean, and personally, I I personally found them amazing because, and and maybe it's because. You know, I'm newer. I'm new to the Game of Thrones, and I didn't. I didn't have the eight years of like structure that people had gotten used to, as far as how they have like structured these things. So, I came from it, you know, fresh. So for me, you know, it being an epilogue and not going the route that has traditionally gone in the past, from from what I understand, was okay with me. And you know, so it didn't mess with my. it, It. You know. There are some, the, the, the criticisms I have about things are not necessarily about the way the stories were structured it's more about the decisions that were the decisions that characters made.
0: Right right. and I mean I may come off as like I don't really care for these two episodes but and I think I even told you this well but yeah. just because I say that we're talking like I'm gonna rate it at 9.5. Mm-hmm. Because, because when I compare it to other episodes,
2: mm-hmm.
0: like they're tens, but it's, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's so hard. Um, when you, when you've had so many episodes now at such a high, yeah. um, high level. And I still think my favorite episode of the season is episode three, mm. um, um, and I said, and I declared that when we were first talking about that episode, and I still stand by that. Yeah, but I do yeah. want to go back to what you were talking about with power, yeah. um, and flip it and go to what we see during the Black Queen episode mm-hmm. with power and Renera, where there was that that wonderful moment where she realizes that she can't be like Damon and go brute force and Mm -hmm. take her birthright back. She, because, and I love her line. Like, I don't want to be a ruler of ashes. And for those who have watched game of Thrones, like that, (laughs) (laughs) there is some events that happen where you're like, um, really? (laughs) Targaryen, (laughs) that's how you want to rule. Um, but that's what I found so fascinating um, about the Black Queen episode is mm-hmm. is even though there is Game of Thrones, the Targaryens are so you you just have like a handful of them, if not one or two, that you're following out throughout the whole series. So you don't really understand their lore at, or. Um, what they were like as rulers you just hear about it and um so now we're fully getting it and i think you really understood i think overall this season has really shown how the targaryens are very there's so much duality in them where where and and to go back to my favorite character viserys may he rest in peace um he's a father and a king and mm-hmm. it's a very there's a lot of conflicting thing he's he's a brother and a king and the targaryens want to rule they have the power they have the strength with the dragons but they also have a um what what would you call it they they almost want to they have this ambition that blinds them to the mm-hmm. point where they're just destroying everything. They're not ruling over everything. They're destroying it.
1: Yeah. Um, and they de- a destruction doesn't necessarily have to be with the dragons. I mean, it could it's a lot of it's just their decision making.
0: Exactly. they their their, their decision making um completely Big. Be- <sighs> yeah, it's just it's they there I I really like that scene. It it reminded you how smart she was. And then to to then, I found it interesting that um, the scene with Damon and Rhaenyra,
2: mm-hmm.
0: the choking scene.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That was, it was such a, I don't, I still am processing it. Mm-hmm. Because these two, and yes, we're talking about an uncle and a niece. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> talking about an uncle and a niece, uh, uh, <laughs> two people who just also lost a child, <laughs> mm-hmm. just lost a child, literally. As we'll get into that scene, um, and then you have this dispute, and um, it remind, in a way, it reminded me of early on when he takes the dragon egg and she goes and gets it back Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and that face off. And, and just, it, it, it's just, I understand why they have it. I am not mad that they have it. I understand like, like domestic abuse and all of that. Um, but I think that it was more telling about, about, (laughs) This is a first not just for Westeros, but for a Targaryen. And Targaryens, as rulers, always the males have ruled. And Mm -hmm. so you have Daemon, who's a character who we know has wanted to sit on that throne for just about as long as Corlys has wanted to sit on that throne. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And now he realizes that the closest he'll get to it, is through his wife slash niece, who's also willing to contemplate giving it all away, and but at the same time she would be doing that because she was also thinking, "I want to protect my family." The throne has done nothing but kill people. <laughs> I love yeah,
1: that. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, she was looking at the bigger picture, as we we're just as we were just talking about, uh, and as you wrote, as you as you rightly noted, I mean, she in her decision making was like. I, you know and i think about that that the 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 table and how it like it was like it was a literal and figurative like representation that like when they put the fire in and they were starting to be around the table and talk about how they could you know get all the resources and everything from the you know from the various lords in the kingdom like it, you know, the, the flame, it was just like, you know, she, she doesn't want to rule over ashes and, and, and to your, and, and, and getting back to the scene itself and, you know, the, the power dynamic again, uh, because, you know, Damon, you know, he, when he lost it was when she, he, he, she, he realized that, you know, whenever she talked about the story of, uh, the Song of Ice and Fire, and that uh, Viserys told her, and didn't tell him. And, and to your point, you know, he's always, you know, he he did have eyes on that throne uh, at some point, and even helping his niece wife get to the throne. uh You know, he still, you know, that that's his that's his end goal, and one of his end goals. And so when he loses it like that, um, and 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 starts to strangle her, um. It was, it was one, it was on brand with Damon. I mean, anybody who has, I mean, I think a lot of people have had this romanticized notion of him, uh, just because the way Matt Smith plays that character. Uh, and he is a very charismatic character. But I mean, we're looking at a man who has like murdered his wife <laughs> before and done any number of things. And so to me, whenever he did that, while it was very jarring to see, especially given how we have seen their relationship develop um it was also very it was also very in on brand with Damon and also very on brand a lot of times with what happens with domestic abuse because I mean these people are a lot of times are very charming characters and stuff so I, you know I thought there was a lot I think the writers and the, and the way that scene was 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 performed and portrayed was right. was very very telling about you know, uh, many things that we have really have seen over the development of the, the previous nine episodes and to this point right. and then even yeah and and even to like you know whatever she was you know and whatever the whole juxtaposition of like the childbirth and and um and things that were going on in, you know, during whenever she was having a miscarriage and how how people reacted to it and stuff. Um, it, it was a lot of parallels between what was going on, the anguish of learning about her father and, and and her birthright being taken away from her as far as the the political machinations of, you know, people usurping the throne. So, I mean, it was just, you know, Every, that's why everything about this these two episodes you know with the two sides of the, of the of the coin with the the greens and the blacks um was just really just riveting television and I mean I was just like I can't wait for like season two for the actual dance of the dragons and hopefully it'll continue that same kind of character beats that we have and it doesn't get this lost into you know dragons fighting in the sky
0: yeah I mean to, to talk about, ugh, we've had a lot of gory, um, unsettling bursts happen. Mm-hmm. Um, bursts that end up typically with one, two um, people dying. Um, and it and it all goes back to the very like that line that Rhaenyra's mom says to her at the very in the first episode is that the woman's battlefield is in giving birth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why that has been repeated, because the more we talk about it, the more that it becomes clear to me that in, in Game of Thrones, we're used to that being basically a man's game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have your female characters and they do some stuff, but no, it's mainly the man's are the real, but no, this whole season is about queens Mm -hmm. and princesses and them really taking to the forefront and, um, and holding the men, even though the writers do a very good job about giving these females power, but also confining it to make it feel restrictive Mm-hmm. And um and make them feel like they have to play a certain part. Yeah. Um, that's the best way to think it. But I think that's why we've seen so many um, births. And I've watched I watched people watch this episode and react to this episode. And um yeah, this this whole season proves why I don't think I'll ever give birth. <laughs> <laughs> want it um, i know i were in the 21st century there's these things called hospitals and doctors but i'm sorry <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not having having had having well, been in the room twice it's it's you know it's 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 not as antiseptic as it's <laughs> just yeah. like the woman lying there on the back and stuff it it's 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 not a Yeah, it's, it's, it's,
0: I mean, at the end of the day, this is an
1: intense period. This is an intense period of time for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, just, just make your girl, you're like your 16 year old, watch House of Dragons season one and she'll never want to have sex. There you go. It's perfect. Like, that's what happened. Yeah.
1: Perfect (laughs) birth control.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Interesting.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but,
1: yeah, I... But, see, it doesn't... Actually, you know, a lot of people were... You know, I've seen both sides of that. You know, should should they portray it, have this part of the show and stuff? But, I mean, I think... I mean, you know, folks are fine watching beheading, so, you know, so what's what's the big deal about watching very, you know, sometimes traumatic Situations with with birth and stuff. I mean, it's you know we we can. Is it like too real for them or something? I don't know. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It's just a very interesting dynamic there.
0: It's it's just because the the tension that also occurs in these scenes, whether it be Emma's death and -hmm. basically her husband signs off on her getting a C section while she's still awake, yeah, or it's um. Lena's death, where she she realizes what's going to happen, and she's like, "Hell no! I'd rather burn to death." Which, mm-hmm. girl, <laughs> I don't think that would have been. I don't think that's a nicer way to go. But
1: okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: from
2: what but I guess she
1: had. Of- but I guess she had her agency there. Maybe that's just it too. I mean, I, I think maybe that's. Well, because like with Emma, I mean, Viserys made the decision for her. Well, yep. Yeah. Yeah, made her decision before David Damon was standing there anguishing over what to do. And in this episode, Ranera was very clear. She's like, Y'all stay here. Where's Damon? But stay, you know, she kept telling the maidens to stay back. I've I'm going I mean, to do this.
0: I mean, that that is also goes back to how we were first introduced to Emma de Arcy as Ranera, where there is a birth scene. And then her immediately having to walk all the way to the queen's chambers, mm-hmm. and and I mean it wasn't it wasn't horror, but you could it's just very emotionally taxing. And so the fact that then in the final episode she literally rips the baby from her vagina, um, you're like, yeah, that that lines up.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that,
0: that makes sense for that character.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. It it it, it, it really does. And yeah. It was hard. It was hard to watch her after her giving birth to see her like struggle across the palace to you know just because they wanted to know what color the kid was and what hair, you know, if they had white hair. And it was this is you know, yeah, but I mean, but I think it just you know, but to your point from the very they set this up from the very beginning whenever the line was given that the woman's battlefield you know, this is her. This is you know, it,
0: and it's and it's and it goes beyond the, the birth. It's the yeah. the the bloodlines and how mm-hmm. Renara screwed everything up when she had her first three sons, mm-hmm. um, Luke, um, Jace, and Joffrey, mm-hmm. and the fact that they're bastards and how that has e- helped allow Otto to finish the game that he started back in the first episode when he sent Allison to Viserys' chambers. Mm-hmm. Like, something I keep thinking about is, despite how I feel about these last two episodes and my, um, the more we talk about it, is really about how this show is so well-written because everything, there's a payoff.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: There's a reason why things happen that you don't immediately within the episode get that payoff. No, it takes maybe five or ten episodes later, but yeah. there are consequences. And and that's to me, even though I was fully prepared for, you know, some some dragon fighting, some some beheaded, some major character, mainly Renera dying. Um, we didn't get that at the end, but I let, I do appreciate the way it did end because I, I, I wasn't thinking that it was going to end like that. Mm-hmm. And so I was actually shocked. I was like, what, how long is this? I was like, oh shit. They're about yeah. to see it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. We're, yeah. Wait, what? And then, um, the actor who plays Amen um, does wonderful one eye acting,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, because, to me, yes, Eamon is a bit off, a bit crazy, but that final moment, there there is real regret. There yeah. is real this I I fucked up. Yeah. Um, but, even yeah. though I think the odds are in his favor, um, I I just also know that from that moment, like and, and maybe it had to do with the fact that they literally did grow up together. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. But do you, do you, and see, I will, whenever, whatever, I had a couple thoughts on that. One, I think you're right. I mean, I, there is the fact that oh, I did F up and fuck up by killing my, my nephew. But also, given all the things that that action has taken, I think he also had, was self aware enough to know that. I just started a war
0: oh absolutely absolutely uh, there there's not a doubt in my mind that he knows because um we I don't have to have seen this on screen to mm-hmm. know very well that just like Renera had that talk with her sons before, mm-hmm. he went, I am sure Allison said something to Amond. Da-
1: Oh yeah, especially given that she gave Otto the part, you know, the the page exactly. from the book. So you know, I mean, you're right. I mean, that conversation definitely was had off screen.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Otto can have full control of the council, but her sons are a bunch of mama's boys. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, I still, I'm putting my money on that. Eamon's gonna kill his brother, but in the long run, um, because he wants the power, mm-hmm. but. I also think that she she had that talk and he he really he he screwed up and I think but I love how I totally understand how he got to that point. Mm-hmm. It to me it didn't come out of left field. No. Um to me it made sense. Um to me what kind of was a bit like, well, come on, dude, was when the little kid, when Jay when was it luke it was luke right yeah it was luke yeah J- jace's older one yeah. luke the moment you see the dragon you go the other way <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> it's like nope oh, yep yeah, yeah. as soon as you see it yeah as soon as he arrives at yeah for at the that, end yeah
0: that's the one part where i'm like really okay yeah <laughs> you're stupid enough to go in there
1: yeah yeah that's that targaryen decision making again <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, or him just being like, everything's going to be fine. And and I was surprised when um, Baratheon was kind of like, not in my, not in my, nope. Because nope. he knows too. Everyone yeah. knows. The moment one of the kids dies, the moms will start a war.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, Alicent, you know, you know, Viserys held Alicent back years ago with the eye. And there's no, yeah, yeah. So now, yeah. All the guardrails are down, so it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's everybody. Everybody knows. I mean, you know, again, Renera was able to, you know, hold back Damon, who Damon's ready to throw fists. Everybody's ready to throw fists. Renera was like, nope, Allison. You know, again, the two but, women.
0: But it's interesting. It's for a very different reason.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It's for power, mm-hmm. but with Allison and Renera, everything they've done. And, and it's, it's all disguised as being a ploy for the crown. But really, because of their positions, that's what it's disguised as. But at the end of the day, they are mother bears who yep. are like, you will not hurt any of my children. I don't care yep. if they're bastards or not. They are my yep. children. Do not. Mm-hmm. And and that is exactly what Otto has done to manipulate Allison to the point where she is. Yeah. Um. And and so and so I think even though like they're gonna their war it's for a very maternal reason as opposed to what we're used to is more of a you took away my crown
1: right yeah <laughs> yeah yeah because yeah because up at that point Allison I mean Renera was like let's keep the peace I'm you know I will we will f-, she was trying to like find a diplomatic way. To restore what was rightfully hers.
0: Right, and and also, I mean, like these two people, Allison, you only know like the cliff notes of the Song of Ice and Fire.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know the full thing of it. And and you, your husband was all drinking mother's milk or whatever you could poppy
1: yeah, puppy. Yep.
0: Why, why would you like be like, oh, that's it, my son's gonna be king. <laughs> Yeah. Dude, Alisette, <laughs> you're killing me. But you know, I'd rather have characters where they frustrate me because I'm like, uh I know why you're doing it. I don't mm-hmm. like it, um, mm-hmm. and that's frustrating. Then, really,
1: yeah, <laughs> really yeah. Because <better? laughs> I mean, yeah. Because we all, yeah. I mean, like the, the penultimate episode, we all were like. Tracarris, Tracarris, yeah. damn it, Dracarys. but but then but then Renice was like, it's not my war to start, yeah, and then I think and I, you know and it talked about bookends and how things parallel that was the that was the expression that Amon had when uh vigor you know killed killed luke and and C rex right. Uh, it was that same look. It's like it was not my battle to start, but I effed up and did it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then he's gonna eff up again and kill his brother eventually.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, we, we'll we'll all applaud then because everybody in the kingdom knows that the uh, second is not worthy of the crown.
0: <laughs> yeah. he he's probably the character where I'm the like constantly like. Who are you?
1: Yeah, I'm, <laughs> You're yeah. So
0: weird.
1: Yeah. What? Why can't we kill him?
0: <laughs> it's not even that because he. I mean, we've just heard about things and yeah. seen a little, but we haven't really. And and this goes back to me having watched Game of Thrones, where I'm when I tell you the villains on Game of Thrones, they, yeah. <laughs>
1: they were yeah. really
0: like, can we kill them?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I just, it's just so, this is just general like spoiled incompetence, like you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, this is more like, yeah, it's right. like, dude, dude, you're not worthy. There's when, yeah. whenever, yeah, so it's more of that. But oh. speaking, of, yeah.
0: Oh, I was just going to say, um, hats off. We finally got name drops, okay? Come on. Between freaking, they said Stark. They yep. talked about the North. Can we get some Starks next season? I, I would love to see that dynamic. We <clears> got Aaron name drop and then Baratheon, which... Roberts rebellion, um, 200 years in the future. but um, I my I guess some of my closing thoughts are, um, I hope that we see more of the world through this war.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, because I like how I think that it was very good to have this first season, which is called House of Dragon, really focus on this one family. We're stuck in the same castle pretty much 80% of the time. Um, but it did open up a world, but but Westeros is grand and there's a lot of families. And I just think about all of the development we got with the Valerian family. Mm-hmm. Um, I I hope that we we really go to these other places more and spend some time and and if, and as we piece together what led up to the events
1: of Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah, I yeah, for me, um I I completely agree with that. Uh especially like you said, the world building and and, and it was great a few closing thoughts. You know, I know we didn't talk about Coralus's return and how he kind of played you know, how he um inserted himself into the situation and and and, and he and Bernice made their peace with everything and deciding to ha decide with the house black. Um but uh you know there's that. Uh there's also you know it also t- you talked about the world building. It was great to see the map that yeah. the table. Because again, as as you noted, not only did it, we see that map and see how grand Westeros is, you know, and here all the you know we've heard like the 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 stepstones and all these places uh that are going to play integral parts in this Dance of the Dragons that we'll start that we'll see in the subsequent seasons. But also really building out that world and and also I know there were a lot of time jumps and everything, but you know, now that we have ended the season and we could see it in its totality, they were necessary
2: mm-hmm.
1: in order to really propel us through this to, to get us to where we are, where you know second and subsequent seasons will focus on the conflict as far as the actual war, but we needed this foundational season to really set the table and all the and all the belligerents to be able to appreciate what's what's to come.
0: I, I agree. I think that's part of the reason why these last two episodes were so jarring mm-hmm. almost it's because there weren't time jumps of mm-hmm. episodes. Everything was still, and it was done, especially in that first episode, the Green council, it was done purposely because of the morning. Um, mm-hmm. and another beautiful opening sequence. Might I add um, yeah. with that mm-hmm. and how they, they structured that whole thing. Um, yeah, I, that map. The moment they stuck the fire in, I was like, "Holy shit, that is so cool!" And I is. said it, I <laughs> Nobody around me. I'm like, "Oh my god, yeah. I want that. That is
2: yeah. awesome." Yeah,
1: it's like, yeah. I was like, okay, put that on my Christmas list of
2: like things. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I want um, a table like that.
0: <laughs> but, but you're absolutely right. Like between the time jumps and and like what I said earlier every moment every line seemed to have a point and a purpose mm-hmm. yep. they didn't overwrite anything spend too much time at any point because they spent just enough time so that you understood the motivations and so that every how this is all playing out makes sense and nothing is too far-fetched except for when jace went into that castle <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the only oh. thing where I'm like, dude, and yeah, yeah, I'm sure people are gonna say, oh, he was young and naive. It's like, yeah, but he, I know he's he's a bastard, but he's still half Targaryen. Yeah, <laughs> so You yeah. like, can't be that stupid.
1: He can't be. But
2: no.
1: well yeah. I'll just close with this, my, my final thought, and and Viserys, you know, said it best, especially with this ending. The idea that we control the dragons is an illusion. They're powered and should never be trifled with.
0: I, I have not even remembered that line, but, you know, I'm just going to pass off to you, Will, for writing that down. And that is so true. Um, man, are we going to get some dragon on dragon action next season? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. On that note, Will, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you?
1: Yes, you can find me at Will M Polk, W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And you can Twitter. find me
0: at S-J Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Cena Nerd. Find us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and visit our website, www.cenanerdpodcast.com But most importantly, rate, follow, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good night, Geek Out. You're
2: welcome.